Do you have a small business that sells to other businesses? If so, you probably know that there are plenty of resources for companies that market to consumers or companies that sell to large and Fortune 500 type of companies. But what about the small businesses in the middle who sell to other companies? Where do we go to get answers? How do we grow our company consistently while still keeping our sanity? That's the question, and this podcast is the answer. If you're listening to this podcast, you're part of an elite group of achievers who aren't willing to settle for just a nine-to-five job. You're one of the heroes in our society, and you should be proud of it. Welcome to the tribe, and welcome home. Would you like to double the rate of your conversions and your sales? What about triple? Closing has to be done right, and it has to be done at the right time, and it has to have the right techniques. I'm Robert Poole. Welcome to the Growing Your B2B Small Business Show. In this episode, we're going to talk about how effective closing can make a huge difference in your sales. But if you've done all the prerequisites right, and you've done the process up until the close, and you blow the close, well, of course, you're not going to get the sale. But let's talk about that. Make sure you stay to the end of the episode so you'll get all the action steps of what to do. Uh, as well as check out the uh, link in the description below. If you click on that, well, there's all kinds of cool resources in there related to this episode and other stuff. And it'll also give you the chance to uh, become part of the show's VIP list where um, you can get access to private behind-the-scenes uh, things and other resources. And as things come out, we'll email them to you. Not a bunch of junk mail, but just the things that are relevant for you. Um, and so you don't want to miss this episode. Stay to the end. You know, have you ever heard that classes of objection? The prospect will say, well... I want to think about it, or, you know, I just, uh, I'm not sure I want to think about it some more. I mean, I think anybody in sales has heard that probably a plenty of times. I know I have. You know, but don't worry, you're in the right place, and by the end of this episode, you're going to understand why this happens, why the prospect gets nervous and doesn't want to move forward, and more importantly, how to deal with that. So stay tuned. You know, since I started out selling B2B as a young man, I've always been fascinated by human psychology and what makes people do things. You know, but when it came to selling... You know, often I would uh, really do a great job, I felt, of working on, you know, with the prospect, creating that rapport, helping change their beliefs and their identity and all their prerequisites you need to close. And then I'd get to the close and it'd be like a brick wall. I didn't even know what happened. And I'd get that classic, you know, um, I need to think about it, you know, I need to ask my spouse about it, those types of stalling objections. And I could never seem to figure out why that was, and yet it was just constant. I could never seem to really overcome that without trying to strong arm the prospect or do some kind of fancy trick to deceive them. And of course, I didn't want to do that, and most honest people don't want to do that. You know, every sales trainer that I found out there, you know, books and seminars that I went to, they had all these, you know, fancy closing techniques, uh, everything from, you know, real simple stuff to big, long, drawn-out scripts uh, that I tried to memorize and complicated psychology and ways to do all these little tricks and everything. And it was all too much, and I could never seem to integrate it into the actual close part because it was too complicated. And in reality, it's too complicated. It doesn't work. It goes back to the Occam's razor thing. You know, often the simplest answer is the one that works. And when it comes to closing, there's really only three components to it that actually make a difference. And as long as you get those three components right, it's simple and it works most of the time. And once I realized how simple closing was and I realized what these three major components were, I implemented them in my closing and bam, all that resistance went away. And of course, my sales skyrocketed because of that. I mean, Maybe you can relate to what I was experiencing, you know. The prospect says, sitting in front of you and says, you know, I need to think about it or, you know, I need to ask my spouse or, you know, I need to wait until, you know, summer to do it or any number of excuses. And, you know, it's very frustrating because there's so much information out there but overcomplicates things. And, you know, if you're like me, you understand that, you know, hey, sales are the lifeblood of any company. 
And if we can't sell and we can't generate revenue, whether it's you doing the selling or you have a sales force doing it for you, hey, you're going to be out of business pretty quick. If not nothing else, you're just going to struggle for a very long time and beat your head against the wall. Talk about stress. I know this stressed me out for many years until I figured this out. So if you're like me, I mean, you understand that financial resources, particularly in small businesses, you know, uh, are a big deal. You know, we don't have the luxury of having, you know, like a Fortune 500 company that's public having billions of dollars and, you know, raised capital to deal with and we can waste money left and right and still make a profit. We've got to make every dollar count. You know, when I started out with my business partner, you know, 20-something years ago uh, with our company, we started out on a shoestring. We literally had no money. And so the only money we had was what we generated. And at that time, it was primarily cold calling. And we made it work. But you certainly can't um, do it and, you know, you can't succeed if your sales are not consistent. And so we rocked around for many years trying to figure that out with the stress of all that. And, you know, if you can relate, you know, it's very difficult if you can't get consistent revenue to grow a company. You know, you might go a little bit forward when you have some a good uh, string of uh, things going on, a lot of sales, and then, bam, you're back into the doldrums and, you know, that uh, feast or famine type of thing. But when you implement these three components of the closing, it really helps your sales take off. So, you know, we've talked about in previous episodes, understanding what people's beliefs are and helping them change those beliefs and their identity is absolutely critical to the sales process, and it can't be done successfully without it. But a lot of times, you know, just like I did many years ago, we kind of stop at that. We stop after creating that rapport and get the prospect all excited. And then, bam, when we try to get them to do something, we run into that brick wall. You know, some of us forget that that's not the end of the selling process, changing their beliefs and changing their identity. That's, you know, probably 80% there. But there's that other 20%. And if you don't do it, then, you know, it's kind of like being, you can't be 90% pregnant. It just doesn't work if you don't have the right closing techniques. And this helps you do that, helps you overcome the natural fear of people that, uh, what the natural fear of what people have. And, you know, they don't want to move. It's status quo. It's as human beings, that's our natural tendency. So we need to help them with that. And these three components of an effective closing actually help with that and work almost every time. So if you implement these three critical components of any effective close, you know, you're going to drastically increase your sales and conversions. And, you know, you also have a playbook that will clarify your sales process and make things simple because the only way you grow is by simple things and the only way you scale is by simplicity and clarity in your processes. You know, and this fits right into the HSC model that we talked about a couple episodes ago and how powerful it is. And, hey, let's face it, this is better for our customer, too. This takes the stress out of the process with them. They need that help from us. We're here in sales to help people, and we got to remember that and letting them you know, not buy our product or service if we believe it's a good idea for them, we're actually doing them a disservice. So this gives us the courage without having to twist somebody's arm or feel like we're pushing them into something. So let's be real. What does this actually do for you as an entrepreneur? Well, the obvious that we've talked about, it increases the sales and revenue of your company, which, of course, is generally means more profit for you personally. Um, of course, uh, it also helps reduce your personal stress. I mean, I don't know how many nights I've spent in the past, you know, worrying about, you know, the sales numbers and worrying about revenue, how are we going to pay our employees and all that kind of stuff. And a lot of that's eliminated if you have, you know, increased in sales and increase that is consistent over time and it doesn't go backwards, doesn't go all over the place. And so, you know, it reduces the stress in your life. What about your salespeople if you have them or your, your internal staff? You know, for salespeople, you know, the biggest stress of most of them is closing. You know, probably, a, you know, a close second is prospecting, but most of it is closing because they feel like they're, you know, doing something that they have to force somebody into. And so they experience rejection so often that, of course, they have a natural fear of it. 
And, you know, they come to work every day having to muster up all this courage to get on the phone or do whatever they need to do, you know. And eliminating that with a, a clear closing process that's easy to implement, simple, and they're not going to experience rejection. I talk about reducing stress for your people. It's amazing. So it can have a huge benefit for your company as an entrepreneur. You know, and, you know, this is not just theory that I made up. You know, we've seen this over and over Again, in my personal career in sales, as well as with our company, you know, and with our salespeople. When we started implementing this, these three components, you know, it made a huge difference, both in our sales, of course, uh, and it made a difference with our salespeople. Suddenly, they became more productive, started enjoying their job more. And what does that do? That creates longevity for people, you know. And, of course, we also noted, noticed that our customers were actually happy before they even started using our product. And so, I mean, talk about that. They were referring their friends and their colleagues before they even started using our service. That's the kind of clients we want, isn't it? Okay, so let's talk specifics here. How do we do this? Well, first of all, what's closing to start off with? Well, in my book, it just sim simply means how do we get somebody to act? We're helping them to take an action. The unfortunate part is that we as human beings naturally are much happier not doing anything, not having to make a decision. Let somebody else make the decision or not make a decision at all. You know, it's sort of that status quo thing. You know, it goes along with, you know, Newton's first law of motion. Object that, you know, is at rest will stay at rest until it's acted upon by an outside force. Uh, and that's where we come in when it comes to sales. You know, I mean, let's face it. We all know things that we should do. We should lose weight. We should eat healthy. We should exercise. But how much of us, you know, left our own devices, if we don't have some kind of external motivation, how much of us actually do it? Yeah, well, not too many of us, apparently, if you look at the statistics on obesity in the United States. So, you know, it's we really need some kind of outside force. We need a coach, you know. We need, you know, a special diet that helps us get clarity and process. You know, a lot of times it's difficult to get yourself to do those things without having some sort of accountability. And it's the same thing in dealing with our customers. You know, they get to the point, you know, if we do our job right and do the prerequisites to closing, help change their beliefs, help change their identity, and then we get to the close process, where we, that's where a lot of people get lost. And it's because of that natural fear of change, that status quo. It's much easier for them to go, eh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to make a decision, you know, because I'm going I'm to ask my spouse, you know, or, you know, I'm going to, you know, I'll think about it. Or any number of things because of that natural fear of change and that, you know, natural tendency to just want to stay with the status quo. So if we want to help them, we've got to figure out a way to help them move beyond that. Okay, so... What do we do? We've got this person that's got the natural tendency not to move, a little resistance, a little fear maybe. Well, you know, we've got three strategies that if put together will actually make a huge difference. You know, and all three of them are important, but they're not necessarily in any order. But, you know, think of it like this. You know, a boxer has, you know, a bunch of tools uh, in their um, chest but, or their skill set. But let's just make it easy. you got, you know, your left hook, your right hook, and your uppercut. So... A right hook, you know, boom, you get the uh, other opponent, you get them, that's pretty good. Uh, and you get them with the left, that's pretty good. And you get them with an uppercut, that's great. But, you know, each individually, they all work, you know. And it's the same with sales. If you use one of these components, it's going to help, you know. But it's, you know, if you start using all three of them, it's going to help immensely because they work in combination together. Think about that boxer again. It's a left, it's a right, it's an uppercut. The first two set up the third one for the final knockout. And this also allows you to sort of be on the offensive, you know, in the conversation. A lot of times people start trying to do the closing after they start getting objections and they're, they're in a defensive mood or mode. You know, but the way to do it is to 
uh, integrate these things into your presentation. Integrate all three of these components while you're doing your presentation part of, your, part of the sales process and part of the closing. And that way, the prospect is already uh, taken care of as far as they don't have the chance to object to some of these things. And it, Because if they do that, then it's much harder for them to believe what you're saying. Whereas if you say it first, it allows you to nip that in the bud before they start stewing on it. So what are these three components? You know, I use the acronym USF and, you know, it stands for urgency, scarcity, and fear of loss. You know, the first one, urgency, is critical. You know, we all know that sometimes the only reason we'll do something is because we have a deadline or, you know, it's got to be done right now type of thing. So we need a deadline, you know, or basically it's a valid reason to do something right now. You know, you can do something like, you know, hey, this sale ends Friday or whatever. That's an obvious one, you know, or, you know, if you don't do this right now, this is what's going to happen and it's going to happen soon. You know, uh, as human beings, we'll also, we always tend to move uh, in response to negative motivation better than positive motivation. You know, if we try to tell us prospect, well, you're going to get all these great things, you know, um, that's fine, you know, um, but again, that doesn't make them want to move. But if we talk to them and say, hey, if you don't buy this by next Friday, you're going to pay double the price when it comes off sale or the discount goes away. So we got to give them some kind of reason to act, you know, like right now. And the sooner the date is or the sooner the, the urgency is, the more uh, urgent it is, the better results you're going to have. So whatever we do, we've got to make it very painful for them to not act right now. We've got to show them the consequences, the negative consequences of not buying right now, not signing that contract, not verbally saying yes over the phone, not shaking the hand, not clicking that button online. And it doesn't matter what the situation is, it's always the same concept. We've got to create that urgency. Again, it can't be fake urgency, so it's got to be legitimate, but I think you can, we can all come up with reasons that somebody needs to do something. You know, a discount's going to go away, you know, or they're going to lose out on something if they don't do something by a specific deadline. Uh, so that's urgency, the U in USF. So uh, the second one, what's S? Well, scarcity. And scarcity simply means there's a limited supply of whatever you're selling, your limited supply of your solution. You know, you've um, only got a certain amount of them or they're only available, you know, for a certain people or whatever it is. You've got to create some perception that that people can lose out and they're going to create great pain by doing that if they don't act now because there's a limited amount, there's a limited time, you know, and with the urgency, so you add the two together. And so, you know, I mean, think about an example, you know, recently with the, the COVID pandemic, when the first lockdown started, you know, what was one of the crazy things that everybody stressed about and was really, a, there was a shortage of for a while? Toilet paper. I mean, you know, that was about the last thing I would ever think of, but hey, you know, I mean, everybody all of a sudden heard in the news that there was a shortage of toilet paper. So what did they do? They all ran to the grocery store or Costco or whatever and bought as much uh, toilet paper as they could. And what did that do? In turn, that created even more uh, limited resources, more limited availability. I mean, I personally remember standing in line at a Walmart on a two o'clock on a Thursday afternoon because supposedly that's when the truck with the toilet paper came in. So I was victim just like everybody else. And because we as humans perceive that if somebody else is going to get something, there's a limited supply, we got to get there first. So if we can get that same principle across to our clients and, and our prospects and show them, hey, if you don't take action now, you're in trouble because there are other people who are taking action. And if you don't, you're going to lose out on that. And it's going to be a huge negative consequence. You won't even have a chance to buy this solution because others are buying it. And, you know, and a small point on that, too. What's interesting is that psychologically, it's not, you know, to sell some, you know, we've got a limited supply and that sort of thing. I mean, that's powerful, but 
it's not nearly as powerful as to say people are actually buying it. You know, do you have evidence that others are buying your solution? Because people, when they see somebody else buy something, that's a whole lot different than saying, well, there's only X number of left. It's still about availability and about scarcity. But for some reason, as humans, when we see somebody actually doing something in action, that's much more powerful to us. So if we can demonstrate that other people are buying and we only have a limited supply, that's where it really works. So the third strategy uh, or third technique in an effective close you know, comes from fear of loss. And what does that mean? Simply that we all as human beings, you know, sometimes we're afraid we're going to lose things. We're going to miss out on something. And so we can use that to our advantage again. I mean, let me ask you, you know, if you had the chance, um, I mean, which would you work harder to do? Either to make $100,000 or to uh, protect $100,000 that you've already made, protect it from being lost, from some thief stealing it. Most of us would spend more time trying to protect that because that way we've already got it. And the fear of losing that is much greater than and much more motivating to take action than just going out and trying to earn 100000 because you don't, you don't have it, so it's just a theoretical, whereas having it and being worried about losing it is not theoretical. And it's the same concept in sales. If we can demonstrate to the product, or excuse me, to the prospect that, you know, if they don't take advantage of this now, they're going to lose out on something big, something that's really going to cause a negative effect in their life, some real benefits that they're going to miss, you know. And we do that through things like, you know, hey, you know, you're going to lose out on this discount and you're going to pay, you know, 20% more if you don't do it right now. Or, hey, this is a one-time offer. If you don't take advantage of this right now, you're not going to get this offer again. You would never have that solution. This is this works great online, you know, in any kind of cart scenario. You know, you'll never see this kind of deal again. And people's intent or unsubconscious, um, you know, fear of loss will get them to do something that they wouldn't normally do. I mean, who needs, you know, when they buy one bottle of vitamins, who needs six more? But it works because we see, wow, this is a one-time chance to get this price super low. You know, it's funny, uh, you know, I was thinking the other day about my kids and, you know, it always seems to be a struggle uh, getting them to bed. And my wife said to me one night, she said, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's afraid like they're going to miss something because they know the adults are staying up later and they want to they miss out what's going on. I thought, yeah, that's fear of loss. So we as humans, it's natural state and we need to use that to help our prospects get over their natural hesitancy to move forward, their natural status quo uh, feeling of not doing anything in action. And so they'll thank us afterwards. So if you use all three of these components and you use them in together as a combination, again, just like the boxer, it's extremely powerful. And it'll overcome that fear of action, fear of changing most of the time. Does it happen all the time? Well, nothing works all the time, but it sure is going to improve over what you're doing now. I guarantee that. So now that you understand, you know, these three strategies and how to use them together in combination and how important they are, I mean, think about, you know, if you implemented these right now, where would you be in a year? I mean, what would your sales look like? I mean, they could be doubled, tripled, quadrupled. And what does that mean? That means your revenue. And how much money would that be for you just personally? You know, um, how is that going to add to the clarity of your sales process? You know, how much stress is that going to remove from you personally, knowing that you don't have to worry as much about what's going on with the sales numbers, whether it's you personally selling or your team? And speaking of your team, you know, talk about... Uh, reducing their stress and you know of course that reduces turnover and you get a lot happier sales force and you get a lot happier people in general you know and you know of course it also helps the customer sometimes we lose sight of that and we forget that actually helping them through the sales process making it as painless as possible by taking them through the identity shift and the belief shift 
And then finally, with closing them effectively, helping them over that hump, they're scared to do it, but once they're over it, they're usually pretty excited and they'll thank you for it. So you're serving your customers to the best of your ability. Think about that, the difference in the kind of clients that you're gonna attract a year from now. So, you know, it's all good and it gives you, gives you the chance to live the lifestyle you want while serving other people. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. So done right using these three components to an effective close, uh, as well as using or uh, changing the prospect's beliefs and changing their identity, which we talked about in the last episode, doing those in combination is going to skyrocket your sales and take you to a whole different place. And it doesn't matter if you're selling in person, door to door. It doesn't matter if you're selling on the phone. It doesn't matter if you're selling online. The concepts are all the same and they can all be applied in all those scenarios. So give that a shot and you won't regret it. You know, and I always, you know, um, like to add something to the end of the episode here. And this is totally unrelated to the episode. But, you know, when I meet a small business owner on the street, you know, I always make it a point to thank them for what they do. Thank them for being a small business owner. You know, it takes a lot of courage. And, you know, you as a small business owner add a lot to our society. And you add a lot to each every part of one of our lives every day in different ways. You know, and there's a lot of talk about heroes and everything, healthcare workers in particular during this pandemic. And, you know, that's absolutely true. But there are other heroes as well. And I believe that small business owners are some of those heroes. Because what's the definition of a hero? It's somebody who knows what to do, is maybe scared or hesitant to do it. But they do it anyway. They overcome it with courage. And so what does a business owner do on a daily basis? You know, I know a lot of times I don't want to do what I'm supposed to do. I don't want to make that phone call. I, you know, I'm a little bit fearful to talk to that one particular person or, geez, I just don't want to do it, but I do it anyway. You know, and that's what small business owners do. And so thank you for being courageous. Thank you for being a hero. We need more people like you in this world. You know, so I hope you enjoyed this episode. You know, I, I appreciate you taking the time and I know your time is valuable. So if you enjoy the content, please uh, share and subscribe to the channel and, um, also, get on our VIP list. As I said, there's all kinds of great resources. If you look in the description, there's a link there. And you can get our VIP list. And then as you know, you get more information, inside info on this episode and, and the other ones, uh, as well as other great resources in there. And as new things come out, we'll email them to you. Not a bunch of spam, but just things that we think are valuable to you based upon your interest. So thank you for your time, and I'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening today. I know your time's valuable and it's really an honor to serve you. you know, if you found this content useful, I'd really appreciate it if you could rate the podcast on iTunes and leave a review with your honest feedback, whether it's good or bad. You know, Also, if you're interested in growing your B2B business through direct contact marketing like we do, uh, please call my office at Sales Double and speak to one of our sales representatives. You know, We can chat for a few minutes about your business and what you need most to grow your business, even if it's not our services. And, you know, as a side note, if you listen to this podcast regularly, you probably know that I have a little pet peeve about using fancy words to talk in code, so to speak. So we're not going to do a, quote, discovery call or a, quote, strategy call, just a quick question and answer call. And yes, if we think you're a candidate for our service, we'll try to sell you. But we're not going to hide behind fancy corporate knees as we know you're smart enough to see through that. We believe in telling the truth and even if it's not what people want to hear. That said, give us a call at 480 401 1926 if you're interested in talking about how to grow your business and have your best year ever.